your Bibles, if you would, tonight, please, and turn with me to my favorite prayer promise, Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 32. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 32. I want to build somewhat tonight on the message uh, from this morning. This morning, uh, we sought to challenge the hearts of God's people that the promises in this book are for me and they're for you. And the commands, they're for me, they're for you. And the people that God used in the Bible, Elijah, men of like passions, and the failures that we learn about these men <laughs> tell us that, you know, God works with less than perfect materials. <laughs> Amen. It's a good thing He does. And uh, I want to I want to take a series of promises tonight and just you know, just really, really one central thought, simple thought, and uh, speak to you on this subject tonight. Promises, promises. Stand and read with me my favorite verse as it regards uh, uh, a prayer verse, a prayer promise, if you will. Romans chapter eight and uh, verse number thirty-two. Read aloud with me, please. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now think about that. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, if he would give us his best, why would he not give us anything else we needed? And this amazing thing. Let me speak to you on that subject tonight. Promises, promises. Father, I pray that you will help us through the power of the Holy Spirit. To let it ring true in our hearts. That over and over and over and over again, you invite us to fellowship. You invite us to take you at your word. You invite us to claim these promises. You invite us to intercede. You invite us to seek our needs in Thee and find the needs met in Thee. And oh, how we fail. And how we do it on our own. How we become exhausted and become tired. And and uh, when there's a great storehouse, according to the riches of uh, uh, your riches in glory by Christ Jesus, a great storehouse. And we miss it. And so help us tonight. Give us, whet our appetite tonight. Make us hungry once more in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. One of the great struggles of the Christian life and growth in the Christian life is the human nature, human tendency to take note what we know about mankind and project that onto God and our, our image of God, what we think about God. I said uh, this morning in, in the Sunday school lesson, I uh, I have it written down in the column of my Bible. Let me flip over there again so I can quote it word for word. This is a powerful statement, and uh, it's worth repeating. Um, uh, A.W. Tozer said this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Dwell on that for just a moment. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What happened in the Garden of Eden is for the first time in human history, 
Adam and Eve entertained a negative thought of God. Eve in particular. When Satan came and he said, he doubted God. Yea, hath God said. And that, that Satan said, that's his mode of operation to try to cast doubt upon God's word. Yea, hath God said, thou shalt not eat of every tree. And she said, oh, we can't eat it, can't touch it, we're going to die. Oh, thou shalt not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. In other words, the inference is this. He said, God's holding out on you. There's some really good stuff he doesn't want you to know about. But if you eat this fruit, your eyes will be open and you can be just as wise as God and make your own decisions. Now, what did he do? He painted God in a negative light. Almost painting God as insecure and certainly less than straightforward. And for the first time in her life, Eve entertained a negative thought of God and it plunged ultimately the entire human race into sin. Now, can I say this? Far too often our struggles in the Christian life is that we take our human experiences, we take our disappointments, we take uh, the times that we've been let down by other people, and then we project that on God. We don't trust God because we've been burned by people. But may I say tonight, God is faithful. He's faithful. He's never failed us. Amen. And sometimes lost people do the same thing. Sometimes lost people project what they see as the hypocrisy or the disappointments or uh, maybe even out-and-out lies and failures of Christians and they project that onto Christ. But friends, Christianity is not Christians. Christianity is Christ. Amen. Christianity is Christ. And in Him there's no disappointments. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. Amen? Now, earthly friends may fail us, but Jesus never fails. But yet, in our hurt, in our pain, in our disappointment, you know, we could lay our plans out so beautifully. But ultimately, you know what all suffering is ultimately? It's loss. Suffering ultimate is lost. Something was lost. Health was lost. Opportunity was lost. Hope was lost. And we suffer loss. But may I tell you something, my dear friend? Our, our, our eternal hope is not built upon circumstances down here. Life has never and never will go exactly the way we thought it would go. The beautiful plans that we had, the prayers that we prayed, and and, and just knowing, oh, this is going to work out. I've done what I know to do, and it's surely going to work out. And it just doesn't always work out now, does it? But in all of that, there's a God who's never changed. And He's faithful. And many of our struggles in our Christian life are we have taken the disappointments that we felt and many times at the hands of even God's people, disappointments that we felt. And we, be, we, and we tend to, to project that onto God and we have trouble trusting Him because of human disappointments. It's like the guy that was signed up to be a paratrooper. He didn't really want to jump out of airplanes, but he signed, got signed up for it anyway. So they gave him instructions. They said, now, sir, when you get up there, he said, they'll say, line up, and then they'll say, hook up, and then they'll say, jump. And when you jump, then you pull that cord on the right side, and uh, and, and your parachute will come out. And uh, he said, got it. He said, now, if you pull that cord on the right side and your parachute doesn't come out, then pull that little smaller cord on the left side, and, and, and your spare 
chute will come out. Your emergency chute will come out. He said, okay, got that. And he said, now, if you pull the right one and, and, and your chute doesn't come out and you pull the little one on the left, it doesn't come out. He said, well, they'll, there'll be some trucks down there to pick you up. And sure enough, he got up there for his first jump. And got, he said, line up, hook up. Tell his turn, jump. He jumped, pulled the right cord. Nothing happened. He thought, well, I know what to do. He pulled the left cord. Nothing happened. He said to himself, yeah, I bet that truck won't be down there either. <laughs> now, sometimes, sometimes people disappoint us, do they not? Sometimes people disappoint us. How many of you ever disappointed someone else? You didn't mean to, you didn't want to, but you knew you did. You knew you did. Sure we did. Sure we did. But may I say, my dear friend, listen, we have a God who invites us over and again to the pages of Scripture to come to Him, to talk to Him, to pray to Him, to trust Him for our needs, and He's never failed us. Amen. If He would give us His Son, why would He not give us everything else that we need? I think about Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I, many a time I've opened my Bible up to God's phone number, J-E-R-333. And said, now Lord, didn't you say if I'd call on you, you'd hear me and answer me? And do great and mighty things that I don't even know about? And you know what he says? He looks down and says, you know, I did write that, actually. I did. Yeah, he always agrees. He said, I wrote it. He's always claimed it as his own. And, and, and I, I take that promise, and I know you do the same. I love Matthew 7, 7, asking, it shall be given you seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. Something interesting about that, uh, that promise in Matthew 7, that verb ask, seek, and knock, all of them are written as a continual action. In other words, it is a, uh, it's not to ask one time, but it is written, uh, the verb there is written, as a continual action. It means ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. Take your Bibles and go with me, if you would, to Luke in chapter uh, number 9, please. Luke in chapter number 9. And we'll look at our several places in the Bible. Most of these will be familiar to you. I think uh, uh, many of them at least will be familiar and some very familiar to you. In Luke in uh, chapter number 11, in verse number 9, he says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If your, if your kid walks in the kitchen and says, Dad, I'm hungry, could I get a loaf of bread? Here, son, here you go, sure, you, got, you can have a piece of bread. And would you give him a stone? Would you hand him a rock? Well, no, that makes no sense. What kind of dad would do that? Or if he asked a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Dad, can I have a, can I have a fish sandwich? Here you go, son, and hand him a poisonous snake. No, what kind of father would do that? Right? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? 
Somebody found a scorpion at the dinner table when we were down in Honduras. Who was that? Remember that? Calvin? And uh, he, he toasted it and ate it. It was pretty good. And uh, anyway, it wasn't supposed to be down there at the dinner place, but it was. But anyway, uh, uh, but, but, but if you say, Dad, can I, have, can I have an egg sandwich? Yeah, here you go, son. You don't put a scorpion. No, you don't give him a scorpion. His point is, 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 is obvious. If, if you as a father, if your son needs something and, and he asks for something simple, you're going to be inclined to do it. And so then comes this beautiful promise in verse number 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? If ye then being evil, he said, look, look, you, you, you're, you're, uh, 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 you have a sin nature. Everything you do is tainted by a selfish, sinful nature. And yet you have enough sense. If your son needs a bread, some bread, you give him bread. If he needs, wants an egg, you're going to, you're going to give him an egg and I'm going to give him a scorpion. What is he saying? He said, it's obvious if you and I know how to do that, we want what's best for our children. We want to meet our children's needs. How much more does our God in heaven want to meet the needs of his children? In Luke, in chapter 18, turn over there for just a moment if you would, please. Luke, in chapter number 18. And look with me, if you would, at verse number one. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Back in the, in the story, and Luke chapter number 11, and verse number 8, don't turn to it, but God uses in that story, I concluded the message last week with that, with this thought, so I'll not tell the story again, but He uses that word importunity. If you remember from last week, that word importunity means the same thing that this lady did with the judge. It means continual begging. The word ask, and it shall be given. Seek, ye shall find. Knock. That's continual asking, continual seeking, continual knocking. And right here where you are, in Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 1, he spake a parable unto them. In other words, a, a story to illustrate a truth. To this end, here's the truth, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, men ought not quit praying. When you start praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. He's talking about importunities. Well, don't just ask, but ask and 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 seek and seek and seek and seek and seek and seek. Now, these passages teach us something about God. God responds to importunity. God responds to continual begging. God responds to those who seek Him and cry to Him day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. Do you ever pray for something and give up on it? How many times have we done so? 
You ever give up on something that just, I ask and I don't know, it just didn't work out. <laughs> Many years ago, she's in heaven. <clears throat> Their lady, a faithful lady, a good lady, and, and came and explained something. I said, listen, what do you need to pray about? She said, I tried that. <laughs> that's that's kind of like saying I tried breathing and it didn't work. Let's try something else. Brother, if whatever else you try, you better keep breathing while you try it. Amen? And, and whatever else you're going to try, you better keep praying while you try it. Amen? You may find something else and something that can help, but keep on praying. Keep on praying till light breaks through. The Lord will answer. He'll answer you. You say, well, Pastor, what if you just give up along the way? Take your Bible and I'll turn to Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew chapter number 18. And look with me, if you would, at verse number 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Numerous times over the years, uh, and right now I'm praying with a gentleman who just recently asked me to pray about his Saturday so he could be more involved in ministry, and sir, I'm doing that. But over the years, on numbers of occasions, folks come to me and say, Pastor, I really want to be in church more. My work schedule is such and such, and would you pray with me about that? And we have come together, taken Matthew 18, 19, and agreed together in prayer. This is a good thing. This will help you be more faithful to the house of God and be able to serve God uh, uh, more fully. And we pray together and watch God do things unexpected in ways unexpected and provide the answer to that prayer. And I, I love to see it. Amen. And sometimes you can come to someone who has the same mind and may, same heart with you about a, a need. And you can come together in prayer and you can request that prayer and you can pray together. And God gives us a promise right here. And he says, look, if you'll find somebody to agree with you and pray with you in agreement, that I will answer that prayer. I will answer that prayer. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Here we have a set of promises from Luke 11 and Luke 18, elsewhere in the Bible as well, Matthew 7. And they teach us that if we'll go to God and ask and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and not faint, not quit praying, but just keep praying and praying and praying, then God will answer our prayers. But truth is, sometimes we give up on it. And God comes along and he says, well, let me give you this. If you'll find somebody to agree with you in prayer, Somebody who says, yes, I would like to see God do that for you as well. I'd like to see that happen as well. Let's come together in agreement and we could come and say, God, we believe this will please the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what I want. It's what my brother, my sister in Christ wants. And we come to you in agreement. Will you do this thing for us? Now, wait a minute. Listen, these are two, these are two sets of promises. But both of them are standalone opportunities. Can I, can I tell you Sometimes we read the Bible and the promises of God as though they're requirements. But they're not requirements, they're promises. 
Matthew 11, Matthew 18, Matthew 7. Those are promises. God said, if you ask and keep on asking and keep on asking, I'll answer. But sometimes we just, we, we just get weak in our faith. We just give up. We, we get lazy in our prayer life. We stop asking. God said, I tell you what, let's do. Why don't you find someone who can agree with you in prayer and you can pray together in agreement and I'll be there in the midst of you, two or more of you gathered in my name. I'm there and I'll hear and I'll answer. But you know what? I find a lot of a lot of God's people are concerned about what's going on in their life. And the truth is, it's hard really to find sometimes somebody who will pray in earnest with you about what's going on in your life. Take your Bibles now and turn with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. And look at verse number 7. The Bible said, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Jesus had warned them about the leaven of the Pharisees. It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves, uh, the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it? Not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine, the teaching of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, which Jesus compared to leaven, a little leaven, leaven at the whole up, a little false doctrine can spoil a lot of good truth. And Jesus is warning them about that, and they start thinking, well, I wonder, what are we talking about? They were thinking physical bread, and Jesus uh, said to them in verse number 8, he said, O ye of little faith. What, why are you worried about bread? Don't you remember we fed 5,000 a while ago? We fed 4,000 a while ago. Had a handful of loaves both times, a little fish. And, and, and now and now you're, how are we going to eat? Listen, you, he said you have little faith. You have little faith. Um, let me ask you a question. Were you ever, did you ever pray for something and God answered you? And you were surprised when he did. You were surprised when he did. Uh, I, I, I remember uh old story, of course, but. That day, Miss Shirley, she said, Pastor, we need a thousand dollars. Miss Shirley Collins over, uh, offices were over there in, the, in what we call the Henshaw house now on the other side of the old building. And she said, Pastor, we need a thousand dollars to pay the bills. And, um, I, I said, Well, okay. Well, back my office I said, Lord, we need a thousand dollars to pay the bills. And a lady walked in who had come a little earlier that day for counseling, uh, just a little while ago, come for counseling and, and left and, and, and then came back in and laid an envelope down. Said, uh, Pastor, I just want to do something to be a blessing to the church. Thank you for your time. Left out of there. Opened up. It was 10 $100 bills. And I'm talking about just minutes at the most. Minutes. And I, I, I praise the Lord. And I got that envelope. Walked across the hallway. Said, here you go, Miss Shirley. Gave her the $1,000 to meet the bills. Hallelujah. He said, have you ever asked for God for something? And, and, and he answers. He's like, whoa, I can't believe he did it. I remember being when, uh, on our, uh, our first trip to, to go to Israel, and we had been to up there uh, to the uh, uh, the caves uh, of Engedi, where David had been. There's a national park up there, 
and it has some uh, animals and stuff where they had a stuffed some stuffed animals in the little museum portion where you enter and one was a coney a little coney and I read about that in the Bible you know and I thought man I'd like to see a coney and we were coming down uh, uh, coming down the winding roads and uh, and I just said Lord I said boy I sure would like to see a coney I'm sitting on this bus I'm, 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 I'm just looking out the window and I said Lord I would love to see a coney and that very instant that moment a coney ran out from the brush, from the rocks, and ran right alongside the bus. Looked up and waved at me. And, no, I didn't do that. I ran right alongside the bus and then darted back in. And I, I most of it, we were tired. We'd been somewhere. And we were traveling the next place. A lot of folks were dozing off, you know, bus ride, weaving down the roads. And I said, hallelujah! Out loud. The guy next to me jumped up, looked over at me and said, I just saw Coney. God answered my prayer. Nobody seemed as excited about it as I was. But you know, God said, ask and it shall be given you. And we ask and he gives it. We go, why? He did it. I'm guilty of it. Little faith. Little faith. I think about the times that the Lord gave us our house several years ago. And and uh, and the girls especially prayed for it for about a year, prayed for it. And we did as a family, as, of course, as well. And... and uh, the house had gone off the market. We didn't know that. We wound up over there and just drove by, just driving to the country one afternoon. And uh, turned out the bottom of the hill and started heading back up. And the owner, the home we live in now, was sitting outside. And, and uh, my wife said, honey, why don't, you, why don't you go talk to him? I said, I'll talk to him? What am I going to say? She goes, you talk to everybody. And I said, okay. So anyway, we had prayed. We had gone uh, six months before that. We had gone in and looked at the house, you know, but it was, it was beyond anything we could afford. And, uh, and so we went up knocked on the door. And a lady came out, and, and I asked, hey, did you sell your house? Or are you the new owners? Or did it go off the market? She said, well, we had it for sale, but we didn't sell it. And we just went to a realtor today, and uh, we're going to put it on a little broader market. And, uh, and, um, uh, but we, 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 uh, we didn't sign, but we, we plan to go tomorrow and sign with the realtor. She said, why are you interested? I said, well, we like the house, but uh, um, uh, uh, it's, uh, we can't make a reasonable offer. And she looked at me. She said, are you a pastor? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, oh, did you come look at this house last July? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. And uh, I thought, that's interesting. Uh, and here's what she said. She said, I told the Lord this morning, Lord, I know that pastor and his wife and their girl, they had three girls, and they came to look at the house. A realtor said they really loved the house, but they never made an offer. And, and I just know that this is the right, this house is for them. They'll love it. They'll take care of it. But I don't know who they are. I wish I knew who they were. <laughs> and they were standing in front of her, and I'm going, uh, and I said, well, I said, I appreciate your prayers about that. I said, we've been praying as well. I said, but again, honestly, we can't, we can't really make a, a reasonable offer. She said, oh, no, 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 don't say that. She said, I already know that God wants you to have this house. Now, this is the, this is the owner, and we, we just showed up the first time we met him. This happened in three or four minutes. I already know God wants you to have that house. And uh, all the next couple months were just a journey of faith. You know, we took a picture in front of that house. 
and, and had no idea how I was going to pay for it <laughs> and took a picture in front of it and, uh, and sent it out uh, several hundreds of Christmas cards, you know, this is our new home. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I found out God is faithful. God is faithful. There was a moment of truth there. We made a, a, what I was really uh, an offer I was almost embarrassed to make. They said, well, let's pray about it. And they, uh, they said, we'll pray about it. And uh, no, so, I'm sorry, they came to us and made an offer uh, uh, to us, a very good offer. And I said, let me pray about it. Can I have seven days to pray about it? And they said, sure. And those seven days, I wrestled with the Lord, wrestled with the Lord. And the Lord kept saying, I, you, you asked for this, and I'm trying to give it to you. Now, are you going to let me do this or not? Are you going to follow me by faith or not? I said, Lord, Lord. And I said, okay. And so I went back, and uh, seven days later, I said, will you take another 15 off? They said, let us pray about it. 24 hours later, they came back. They said, we'll take it. I said, wonderful. What am I going to do? <laughs> the Lord said, sign a contract. I said, okay. Anyway, God took care of it. Amen. God made a way. God made a way. Now, let me tell you something. Dr. Tom Williams was here during that whole episode, during those two months. And, and, uh, and I told him what God had done. I said, we were just praying. I said, I don't know how. I said, we can't, we can't. Even as a very generous offer they've made us, but I, I don't know how we can do it. And uh, I said, I want you to go out and just pray that the Lord will make a way. And uh, so this is my, he's one of my heroes. He's a man of prayer, Dr. Tom Williams. And we go out there, and, uh, and he looked, this is really nice, Brother John. Boy, this is nice, this and that. You need that. You need to, I'm going to pray God to give you a horse or two. Amen. And we get, got that too. And give you a horse or two. And we're going to do And I said, uh, it's almost like he forgot. I said, Dr. Williams, you going to pray? He goes, yeah, let's pray. He said, Lord, thank you for this house. You're going to give the ships. What a blessing. Amen. I was disappointed. I said, well, what? I didn't even get one. Oh, God. I didn't get a trembling voice. I got nothing. I got a 15-second prayer. I was like, we've been friends a long time. (laughs) I realized something. He believed and had no doubt. The first time I told him, I said, oh, God will give you that. Don't worry. God will give you that. (laughs) I'm I'm praying about it. Then he prays. Thank you, Lord. Take your vows and turn with me, if you would, to Matthew 21. Turn over a few pages. Look at verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. You see that little phrase there in that verse? If, if, this phrase. He said this, If you have faith and doubt not, there is a faith with no admixture whatsoever of doubt. Can I tell you something? Is that a requirement for answered prayer? Or is that an opportunity for answer prayer? You say, I believe. I'm pretty sure anyway, I believe. I think I believe. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a promise. That's a bold promise. If ye have faith and doubt not, you can say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. 
And whatever you ask in prayer, believing it, ye shall receive. What a promise. And yet, I read of a father in Mark 9 whose boy was tormented by an evil spirit. It was an awful thing. Multiple suicide attempts under the influence of this demonic spirit. Terrible spasms, convulsions, self-harm repeatedly. It could happen instantly. They didn't know when it was going to happen. And he came to Jesus with his boy. He said, Lord, if you, if you're, if you can do anything, would you heal my son? And Jesus retorted. He said, if thou canst believe. <laughs> he said, the problem's not with me, sir. The problem's with you. <laughs> If thou canst do anything, Lord, would you heal my son? Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And in a beautiful moment of transparency, the man said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And Jesus healed his son. You see... That promise, if you have faith and doubt not, that, that's not a requirement. That's an opportunity. I got another opportunity. You say, I, I, got, I, I got doubts. I wish I didn't, but I got them. Guess what? Guess what? If you come honestly and say, Lord, I believe in you, but help me with that unbelief part. God set a precedent here. Listen, listen. He talks to those who have no faith. He talks to those who have little faith in Matthew 16, 8. And those who have faith as a grain of mustard seed in Matthew 17, 20. And even the disciples who had no faith and He calmed the sea for them. They woke Him up. Help us. Save us. He said, you have no faith. Peace be still. And calm the sea. I can't explain all that, but here's what I'm saying is the point of the message. We don't look, don't look at the Bible and the promises of God as boxes you gotta check. Well, I gotta find somebody to be in agreement. I gotta have faith and absolutely no doubt. And I gotta pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Those aren't, those aren't three requirements. They're three opportunities. If you have faith and no doubt, pray. You'll get it done. Amen. Maybe you have faith with an admixture of doubt. Pray anyway. Maybe you have no faith. Wake Jesus up and talk to him anyway. Amen. And guess what? God responds. Take your Bibles if you would and turn with me very quickly to Mark 11. Mark 11. Mark 11. Look at verse number 24. Therefore I say unto you, verse uh, Mark eleven twenty four verse twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. Note that word desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now there's an interesting word introduced into this promise. The word desire. Desire. I've told you so many times before. Summer of nineteen ninety five. I finished the last summer class, and I had a six to two two a.m. shift. I'm taking a night class. Six to two a.m. shift. And uh, my wife would get off work about 4, 4.30. And so on my way home, is might be my prayer time. I'd get off at um, 2 o'clock and I'd head. There was a forest preserve along the way en route. And I'd pull over there and walk through the woods and talk to the Lord. And that was the summer. I, did, I, knew, God was, wanted me to, I knew God wanted me to pastor. I, I just knew, I knew that was what God wanted for me. And I'd known that for a long time. 
And here I was. I was done with this stage of my life. I was finished my last class. And I knew it was time for me to go somewhere, but I had no idea where to go. Nobody was ringing my doorbell. Nobody was calling me, will you come and this and that. And I said, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. There have been many, many things I've desired in my life, but I don't know if there's ever been a season in my life where I desired something more than I desired at that time. I said, God, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want my will. I want your will. Please, please show me. I'm ready to go by faith. But I don't know. Please, 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 please. Now, I don't know all the reasons why God answered the prayer. But I believe one reason that he answered it in the fashion that he did was he knew that that was the desire of my heart. You know, sometimes my faith is so weak, but you can come with a strong desire. God, please save my loved one. Please save my loved one. Please bring my loved one back to God. That's out in the world. Bring my prodigal home. Please, oh God, I desire it. I want it. I want it. I desire it. And God, just, listen, God doesn't make that as a requirement. God doesn't say, I, I didn't have a strong desire to see a coney. I had a wish. <laughs> I said, Lord, I sure would like to see a coney. Oh, I got to see a coney. But I wanted wisdom. I wanted direction from God so badly. And God answered it. Here's my point. You, you know, well, you can find somebody to agree with you. You have a strong desire. Have to have faith, no doubt whatsoever. And you got to keep on praying and keep on praying. And if you do those things, then God will finally answer your prayer. Now, listen. It, 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 this, when we buy, when we start thinking that way, it's the devil saying, "You know, your God's so hard. He's so hard. He's so hard to please." I mean, I tell you what. It's like the parable. The man got one talent. What did he buried it? And the man got, uh, master got back home. He said, where's my, uh, where's my return on my investment? He said, well, I know you're a hard and austere man. So I just buried it and here's your, here, here's your money back. He said, you're wicked and you're lazy. That's what you are. And sometimes the devil wants us to think, you know how God is. He's so hard to please. He's hard and austere. That's, that represents God in that parable. You know how God is so hard to please and no sense in trying. Why are you even praying? You know your faith is weak. You know, you don't really want it like you ought to. You don't have anybody that agrees with you on this matter. Why are you even talking to them? i tell you why. Because those aren't requirements to get your needs met from God. Those are opportunities. And if your faith is weak, then have a desire. If your desire is weak, find somebody to agree with you. If you can't find somebody to agree with you, then just keep praying, 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 praying. Just take any door you want. God is trying to get His children to come to Him. And seek his face. In 1 John 3, without your turning to it, he said, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. If you're living a life of obedience, you, you can go to God on that. He said, God, you know, I'm trying to obey you. You know, Lord, I'm being obedient to you. And on that promise, I ask, expect to receive. In Matthew, excuse me, Mark 9, 29, as we've discussed so many times over the years, the disciples failed to help a man and his son. Afterwards, they said, Lord, how come we couldn't help him? He said, because of your unbelief. He said, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And I do think he meant that kind of a miracle, but I believe he meant that kind of a faith as well. This kind. Hey, you want to build your faith? Fast and pray. You want to build your faith? Push away from the table. Fast and pray. This kind cometh not by prayer and fasting. And sometimes, oh, I want to fast. I desire to fast. I just want to so bad. 
And then the girls make one of those oatmeal cream pies and put it in the refrigerator. And you know those oatmeal cream pies in the refrigerator, they, they speak to me. Can I have a witness? John 14, verse 13 and 14 said, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's another opportunity. Asking in Jesus' name. That's not a tag you put on the end of your prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not speaking against that tag to your prayer. But it is a reminder that when we pray in the name of Jesus, that means we pray with His authority. If uh, if one of my girls says to her sister, Hey, uh, time to come in uh, uh, from supper, for supper, time to come in. And uh, and they keep dawdling out there, whatever they're doing. And then they come back a second time and say, Dad said it's time to come in. Now they just prayed in Dad. They, they just called her in in Dad's name. Do you understand that? And to pray in Jesus' name is to come with His authority in prayer. And God said, if you'll do that, I'll answer you. He said in John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you live in this book right here, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. He says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Sometimes we ask in complete harmony, God, I know this is your will. God said He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? You pray for the salvation of a lost soul, and I guarantee you, you're praying according to God's will. Amen? Because it's clearly stated in His Word. But the truth is this, sometimes I pray, and I beg God, and then I have to do what James compels upon us to do. Lord, if I've asked anything amiss, please forgive me. Jesus said it this way, take this cup from me, Lord, if it's possible, take it from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Sometimes I pray, and the truth is, it's what I want, not what Jesus wants for me. But when I do pray according to His will, I have a promise, an opportunity to get my prayers answered. Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You know what a strong desire to please the Lord will do? Open an opportunity for get your prayer, to get your prayers answered. Take your Bibles in closing and turn with me, if you would please, to James in chapter 4. A passage I just quoted there. James in chapter number 4. A closing thought. James in chapter number 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not. Because ye ask not. God's promises are not requirements. They're opportunities. When seen as requirements, we become discouraged from prayer. But God is not building a wall for us to scale to give to Him. He is giving us multiple doors to enter. He's saying, pray, 
And if you keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on praying, I'll answer. And if you give up on that and you faint, find somebody to agree with you. If you can't find somebody to agree with you, build your faith. Pray in faith believing. If you say, well, I can't, I've got doubt, then desire strongly, Mark eleven twenty four. Desire, desire, and I'll answer it that way. But I don't really want it. I know I should have it, but I don't really want it. Then stand on your obedience and be obedient. You say, God, I've been obedient to you. And you said, if I walk in obedience, you'd hear and you answer me. He said, but preacher, I haven't really been obedient like I ought to. Then fast and pray. Fasting and prayer is an open door of opportunity. If you can't do that, ask in His name. If you can't do that, live in His Word. If you can't do that, pray According to His will. If you can't do that, have a desire to please the Lord. Listen to me. The devil doesn't want us to pray. The devil doesn't want us to see God's face. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to think that God doesn't want to hear from you. Your faith is so puny. Your faith is so weak. You started praying for this a year ago and you quit. Now you're going to take it up again. The devil wants us to take our disappointments, what we know about ourselves and others, and project it on God. And God says, no, the reason you don't have, you don't ask. You have not because you ask not. Our number one prayer failure is simply our failure to pray. That's all it is. Our number one prayer failure is simply our failure to pray. Father, teach us tonight.